0: for me, and that his love was in such a special way that it was unique for me, that for me and my kids and my wife and my friends and my family, he loved us in such a special way that when I went to church and I began to understand what praise was, and I understand what worship was, that's why my heart, my mind, my soul belongs to you. Because you care for me in such a special way, that's why I praise you. Even in the drama, I lift you up. And even when I don't understand, I magnify your name. And that's why my heart, that's why my heart will give you praise. says my heart will give you praise. God, I thank you this morning, Lord. Lord, we ask you right now to bless me as I go forth in the word. Lord, I did my thing. I went on ahead and kept my word that I was sick. And Lord, I thank you right now for the people who are focused on you. Lord, let this be a great message. Let somebody learn something from this message, Father God. Let it be all of you and them mark. And even right now, as I pace the floor, Father God, keep me and cover me to tell your word the right way and help out in these uncertain times. God, we worship, we praise you, we magnify, we adore you right now. We thank you for the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So check it out. We're coming out of Luke chapter 14. Verses 7 through 24. And I told you guys we're on this thing about the parables. We are on this thing about talking about the parables. I thank you for being patient with us. I know that when you tune in, you're like, hey, what's going on? We're talking about the parables because there are the gems, there are the treasures, the wisdom to understand different things about the kingdom. And even on today, we're gonna talk about some things about being humble. And having some hospitality about it. We're we'll talking about being humble. About hospitality. And also be careful about self-righteousness. Now, this right here once again is one of a, what I would consider. It's not said to be almost, uh, almost twin parables in a sense. Uh, basically, we're going to cover two parables at the same time today. We're we'll knock out two. Because in this uh, passage we're about to read, you're going to understand the Lord's frustration. You're going to see why the Lord is a little upset. You're going to see going to drop some wisdom and even tell us how we should reach the people. Even tell us how we should act and what we should do. And I'm going to go ahead and explain it. So let me go with it right now. I'm going to kick it off, okay? Here we go. Luke chapter 14, verse 7 through 25. Now, to give you a little backstory, okay? There was a feast going on, right? There was a feast going on. When he had this feast, Jesus was there. And at this feast, there was a man that was sitting at the table who had a disease. He had this disease called dropsy, a condition where the fluid is retained in the tissue and cavities of the body, often caused by kidney or liver elements, including cancer. So on the Sabbath, he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees. They were watching him carefully, and behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and the Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him on his way. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on the Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. So, is that this uh, ruler of the Pharisees' house and there was a man that had dropsy, and there was attorneys and lawyers, lawyers and attorneys. And there were people who felt they were the people who knew the doctrine and the word of God. And Jesus does this because, if you recall, there were several instances when Jesus would do a miracle. They had a problem because the excuse was you're not supposed to do nothing on the Sabbath. It's actually a good thing to teach real quick. The Sabbath goes into from Friday night into Saturday morning. And they say it was a day where you did nothing but just pray and Do things for the Lord and and kind of take it easy. Do no work, no labor. So Jesus came to change that. He said, listen, y'all, that's not really, like, just because I said the Sabbath, you, you take it out of context. We see how the law is made and how interpretation is incorrect. This is why it's very important to know your word and your doctrine and know what's going on in the Bible because you can read something and think something and speak something and actually be wrong. This is why Jesus was so amazing because he came to let you know that sometimes with the law you had interpreted the wrong way. That's why I love these parables. So the example is because somebody had dropsy, this condition, Jesus knows for a fact when somebody is in an ill situation, you are supposed to help them. Let me say it again. Even though they have this fancy place and it's high up Pharisees and all these higher people, Jesus is like, look, this man is ill, and it's my duty to do what I'm supposed to do. I don't care what position you're in, I don't care how high you think you are, I'm about to help this man. That man received his miracle and blessing on that day in a rich in a Pharisee's house. Remember the people that were against Jesus, the people that felt the Gentiles were beneath them. So Jesus then, when they looked at him, like, why did you just break the law? We've been getting on you about this. You've got to be in trouble. And he goes ahead and hits them with one. He says, listen, which one of y'all's son or ox being the, the property you have that does the work for you to make sure your fields are attended to, to make sure that you can get good profit, your ox, your labor, or your child, your son, falls into this thing, would you not help? One more time. Having a son or an ox that has fallen to the well on the Sabbath will not immediately pull him out. Y'all ain't going to help him. So what you say? saying is it's a Sabbath. You're not going to help nobody. So if your son or your ox fell into this well, you're just going to look at it and say, I'll come back to you Sunday or Saturday evening. No. It says you help right there. So this made Jesus at a certain point get upset because he's tired of how people are treating other people. My God. He's tired of how people feel like they're self-righteous. He's tired of people always doing stuff the wrong way and not doing things the right way. So he says, I'm gonna help them out. We're going to verse 7 now, which I'm preaching on. i will just fail. It says the parable of the wedding feast. Now he told the parable of those who were invited. Jesus said this. He says, when he noticed how they chose places of Honor. We're talking about when you go to a wedding feast or a big event. They called it places of honor. Different seating arrangements. It says, he noticed they chose places of honor. Saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor. Hold on. Wait a minute. Say that again. It says, when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, Saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the place of honor. Let someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give up your place to this person. And then you will begin to be with shame and take the lowest place. Pastor, speak this now. Speak this now. Okay, here we go. Places of honor are best seats at the table it's a reference in Matthew 23 6 and they love the places of honor at feasts and at the best seats in the synagogue and they grow on the people's places to give them honor like the rabbis by saying you are a rabbi so what Jesus was saying that back in that day when you are a rabbi or a ruler of the Pharisees or an attorney that they will purposely go out of places just to be recognized for who they were. I want you to see how conceited this is. They will purposely go into the markets. They will purposely go to the synagogues, not to do anything but get praise from people about who they were. There were certain seats they could sit at and certain places they could sit down at where people would praise them and say, oh, great rabbi, oh, great Pharisees, oh, great people. They were self-righteous in such a way that they would purposely go through their day stopping at places just to hear people give them credit. Jesus said that when he realized that they have places like this, that they had this honor code that he wanted to shake it up a little bit. See, what it is is that I don't have this set the right way. I tried the best I could. But the main seat is in the middle. That's why I have this nice recliner, you see here, and I do have a table. But how the table was, it was in the shape of a U. So you see there's a seat here, 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 and there. So it would be a U-shaped table. And what would happen is when they begin to get served, the servants would come into the middle of the table, and they would serve going outwards. So you might have one who just for him, and then the other people would go on the side. And they would go out that way. So if I had something to serve, I would go in the middle and serve, and I would go out and the least person would be on the end. Both sides. when Jesus saw this, he had to check them real quick. This is what Jesus said. He said, you need to be careful. Come on, Lord. About how you see yourself being high and mighty. Because of these feasts and places, what would happen is as I give you breakdown in history, the poor people, the less famous people would come extra early just to be able to sit on the outside seats. Okay, so I'll come in early just to sit in this dirty seat. Okay, this is my seat. I'll have to come like two or three hours early to beat the crowd just to make sure I got a seat. Because I'm excited and I'm glad that somebody invited me to something. Y'all might hear what I'm saying. I'm just so excited that technically I could not afford to be here. Technically... You know, I'm always missed. Technically, I'm always skipped over. That this time, I finally got to come in. And now that I get to come in, I know that I do not have the right. Let me tell you what I'm saying again. I don't have the right to sit there because the person who's better than me gets to sit there. The person who makes more money than me gets to sit there. The person that's more popular gets to sit there. The person who does the most work gets to sit there. That's the people standing. So since I don't work as hard as them, since I don't get the same acknowledgement as them, since I don't get the same love or compassion as them, since nobody cares about me, since I'm just a nobody, I should just be grateful I have a seat. So I'm going to be humble. Yes, Lord. I'm going to be humble and take this dirty seat that's on the end. Jesus tells them, let me tell you what's going to happen. See, I want to educate you real quick because you need to have some humility in your life. You self-righteous Pharisees. You self-righteous attorneys. Let me tell you what's going to happen. The word says, clear as day, as I read it again and break down what what my brother Jesus was saying, our big brother, he says when you show up no matter what your position is in your title the best for you to do is sit in that dirty seat my God he said the best thing for anybody to do is sit in that dirty seat sit at that last seat sit at that seat that the people who are not on the highest statue as you get to sit in, because something's gonna happen. He says, "What's gonna happen?" Come on, let's read it one more time. This is waking people up this morning. And he it says, "When you are invited by someone to a wedding or feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, because they say that's honor. Let someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you." Give up your sheep to this person. And then you will be with shame to take the lowest place. Mark, break it down. I wish I had somebody in here with me. It would be easier. What he's saying is, you self-righteous people, you holier-than-thou people, you think you're better than everybody, you think your money is greater, you won't get played. What you gonna do, as y'all watch, is you gonna come in here because you're the YouTuber, you're making the money, you're the best and what you're going to do is you're going to come in this building you're going to be like, hey, what's going on? What's good? I'm here. I'm late. Because see, back in the day, as I said earlier, I'll it again, the most important people came late because they wanted all the attention because they felt they was the bomb. So they would come late and hold up the party just to get the praise of honor. So the Lord is saying, anybody who is humble, no matter what your background is, should take the seat on the far to be humble and not come in thinking you deserve what they call the odyssey. Because what's going to happen is you're like, hey, what's up, y'all? I'm here to party. Sorry I'm late. I'm here. The fun has arrived. As soon as you sit your self-righteous self down, as soon as you sit your I'm better than everybody's self down, I'll make more money than somebody else, the host who is throwing this thing? The host that set this thing up is going to look at the person who's sitting in the least seat, the person who's sitting on the far end, the person who is not sitting in the honor seat you sit in, and tell you to your face, Amen. You got to move because you're in their seat. The Lord help me right now. He said, you won't be ashamed because you thought you had everything going on and you thought you were the best. To find out that the owner has a relationship with the person you saw that was beneath you and will tell you to your face, you are in the wrong seat. You ever been to the movie theaters where you catch those people who'll be in the wrong seat? You know how embarrassing that is? I can hear my wife now, boy, what's wrong with you? It is so embarrassing when you go to the movie theater, like the AMC, right? And you buy a ticket, and you go to, I got a lot of kids. So I had to have a, almost a whole row. Like, we find it was like one through six or one through seven, right? So are like, A, B, because you got to be in the middle, but it can't be too far to the right. You go, one, two, three, four, five, six. And white come, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And so we go up in there and you go to your seat and you look and somebody else is in your 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 seat. And you look at your ticket like, wait a minute. I know I bought a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 tickets and I know it's a good seat but this ain't your seat. You thought you had honor to sit here but I let you know I got to sit here. And then this guy called Usher comes up and says, is there a problem? And he said, yeah man, look, I bought this ticket but they sitting there. And then they look shameful when they get out their seat. They be, Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. You ever had that happen to you? They look so ashamed. They're like, man, we should have done that. Or you've done it. I've done it before me. I was like, this is a good season. I was like, I'm going to go back to D&E. But the point I making is he's explained that same way. How you feel because you're a certain way or a certain type or a certain thing you're doing that you think you're better. Well, what's going to happen is you don't know that the, thank you, Lord, the person who is in charge, the person throwing the event will tell you that the person that you see beneath you is actually the most honored one, and y'all gonna have to switch seats, and now you're gonna be sitting in the seat looking crazy with shame. That's the first thing he tells us. Be careful how you treat other people and how you see yourself. You'd rather come in somewhere being humble and sit somewhere because you never know how honor will work in that situation. I think this is really cool and I want to start implementing this when we go to church. Because I remember when I was a youth, right, when I was younger, in my 20s, right, how we used to do this thing where I used to sit in the back of the church. And I'm starting to realize that the back of the church why well, they used to pull me to the front because they felt the front was the honest seat, and where you can go ahead and get some ministry in your life. They felt that the front was the place where God can deal with you. They felt the front was the place where God can use you. So what we have to stop doing, thank you Lord, is letting our guests sit in the back where they feel they're beneath and allow them to come sit in the front where we can tell them these are the honor seats. I think we're we to do is start calling our seats the honor seats to let people know that we honor you for showing up today. We honor you for being present with us and we honor you for doing the things in your life that God wants to speak to you and that you don't have to sit in the back because you think you're beneath us. No, no. You're with us. You're one of us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is saying be careful how you talk to people. Be careful how you present people in your life. Honor them the right way. You have honor and be humble. Humbling is the word. Humbling is the understanding that people need to have. Humbling by definition is having or showing a modest a low esteem of someone's own importance. It's of low social administrative or political rank. For you to be humble, you have to lower yourself. Thank you, Lord. For you to be humble, you have to lower yourself to be humble. It's so crazy. Even as I say it, it reminds me when we pray. Because when you pray, you have to put yourself in a low position to tell God, you are greater than me. Oh, yes, Lord, you are greater than me, so I have to lower myself, lower my mindset, lower my heart to say, really, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, and for me to be humble to respect you, as we say earlier, my heart, my mind, and my soul belongs to you, so I'm humbling myself, now I get on both knees and I begin to just say, thank you for being with me, thank you, I'm humbling myself, when is the last time you humbled yourself? You humble yourself. I had an amazing call before I started this sermon this morning. A young man in my life by the name of Sam, who's a member of our church. He does the media for us. Great guy. He called me this morning, and by the time he sees this, he's gonna call and make fun of me because I'm talking about it. But he called me to ask me as his pastor, pastor, am I humble enough? That made my morning sense, people. That made my morning before I preached this message because he didn't even know about the preaching. So for him to call me and out of the blue to say, listen, it's been going back and forth in my mind. When people see me, do they see me as being humble? When I come into the room, when I come into the church, when I go out in public, do I look? Do I see? Do I feel? Do they understand I'm just a humble person? Or am I too high on my horse? That's what we should be doing like Sam. We should be asking ourselves every day when we do something, am I being humble? Am I honoring other people? Am I showing up to help somebody else out? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is a tough message. It's a tough message, man. Tough because this is checking us. This is a self-check moment. This is a self-spiritual check moment because some of us get out here and feel that we've been doing ministry for 30, 40 years, 20 years. I know the back of my Bible, like the back of my hand. I have the strong concordance. I have the ESV version of MacArthur. I have all these books and you can't tell me nothing. And the Lord is asking, are you still humble? That when people need you, when people want to know who I am, are you letting them go to the honor seat? Thank you, Lord. Or are you getting in the way? Woo, Pastor, what you just say? Are you allowing people to go to the honor seat to find God? Or are you sitting in their way? I'm going to let that sit with you for a moment as I go to the next part. Hashtag honesty. Hashtag humble. Please post it. Hashtag honesty. Hashtag humble. Are you allowing people to go to the honor seat? Or are you getting in the way? Now, we're going to the next part of the parables. He has another one because they still didn't get it. I know, right? The Pharisees still didn't get it. The people still didn't get it. So he says, here we go. It says, may you see your friend move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It says, exalt of a person of their rank or status placed at a high or powerful level, held in high regard, in a state of extreme happiness. It's so cool when we read the scripture that says, For everyone who is in an extreme state of happiness of himself will be humbled, of a low social, administrative, or public rank, or of having or showing a modest low esteem. And then it says, And he who is of a, having a, or showing a modest or low esteem, himself would be in a state of extreme happiness or higher place rank. That's how I read when you put the definitions in it. God is basically saying, Jesus is saying that when you really understand the kingdom of God, what the world says is in actually the reverse. That's why I saw a scripture that said, bless all the poor, bless all the sick, bless are this and that, because he was saying there's people they thought because of their money and their power, And the political promise that they'll be able to enter into the kingdom of God. But that's not true. Because the money you have, you can't do enough payments to get into heaven. Help me, Lord. I'm going to say it one more time. I don't care how much money you have. There's not enough payments you can make that can still get you into heaven. Hashtag, not enough payments. Lord, we have having fun this morning, y'all. We're just letting the Lord talk to us and use us this morning. We're talking about being humble, being hospitable, and not being self-righteous. Because they felt back in the day, because they have all the money and the finances and the stuff they have with the land. They felt if I paid somebody, or if I gave something to somebody, I made a great business deal. They were going to get into heaven. They felt only a certain amount, sorry, a certain level of people. Will get into heaven because of their fame or money or concepts. This is why God and Jesus said, "This ain't what it is. It's different. You doing the will of the Father. You being humble. You putting somebody else in the honor seat. That will get you in before your money." But let me get back to the scripture. I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. I'm going on a rapid trip. So here's the parable of the great bankers. This it? it's the second one I told y'all about. So it was a great wedding feast, and now it's a banquet. So they still didn't get what Jesus was saying. So he's like, look, I gotta tell you again what's going on. Because you still ain't getting it. You, you just don't want to receive it. So let me help you get it this time. Verse 12. He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet. Now remember it was a wedding feast at first. Now he's saying dinner or banquet because dinner or banquet, because now you still invite people. He says, When you have a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. Wait a minute. Say that again, Pastor. Jesus said to the man who invited him. Now, when you have, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends, your brothers, or your relatives, or your rich neighbors lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. Explain it. Gotcha. Jesus was telling them that because we have this faulty mindset, when it comes to anything in life, you always invite the people that you know for a fact will pay you back. He explains that, listen, when you have a feast, the first thing that people think of is, I'm going to invite my neighbor, because they live with me in the same neighborhood and know me, and they're good people, and they're going to pay me back. I'm going to invite my brother, because he's going to pay me back. My sister, he's going to pay me back. My cousin, he's going to pay me back. I'm going to invite people I know who will show up and give back. And Jesus said, no, that's wrong. Pastor, show me when Jesus said no. He said it right now. Nope. That's not what you do. When you have a dinner or a banquet, he said, don't invite these people. Don't invite these people. It was, in a sense, explaining. We all know it's okay to invite my brother to church. It's okay to invite my cousin to church. He was just saying that when you invite people to be somewhere, that you're doing something, that your mindset has to change on who needs it the most. If you know that they can pay you back, that really means they don't need it. But these are the people that need it. Come on, pastor. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Oh, my Lord. The resurrection of the just. Which means with the treasure in heaven. Oh, thank you, Lord. Do not invite your friends or your brother. Clearly, this is not to be a taking as an absolute prohibition against inviting friends or relatives to a meal. Christ employed similar hyperbole in verse 26. Such language is common in cinematic discourse and is used for emphasis. His point here is that inviting one's friends and relatives cannot be classified as a spiritual act of true charity. He's saying you invite your cousin, your family, is not truly classified as a spiritual act or a charity. Ooh. Pastor, you hitting on song today. How many of us, when a pastor like, please invite somebody to church, we can go into the building. Or please invite someone to watch us online. You're like, hey, cuz, hey, hey, pastor, preacher, check it out. You go me because I saw your pastor. You look at my parents. Hey sis, hey, what's going on? Listen. Remember last week when I came to uh thank you. When I came to the baby's birthday party, remember that? Remember when I came there? Remember? When I came to John Paul's party? Remember? Now you gotta come to my church, bro. Because you, you're only one. No, don't do that. That doesn't give you any type of spiritual points or seen as a spiritual act or true charity. It says, it also may be a rebuke against those prone to reserve their hospitality for rich neighbors who they know will feel obligated to return the favor. It says, listen, you might actually be offending people too. You got to be careful because they're like, you're only asking me for my money because I'm rich, not because you really want me to understand the kingdom of God. Listen, y'all, this is the word. You can look it up. Luke chapter 14, verse 7 through 24. He said, be careful. Be careful. People might not feel obligated. Well, because they ask me and they got money, I'm obligated. Don't even feel obligated to do things for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. Let them choose. Because <sighs> they might not feel obligated to return the favor. They might not feel obligated to return the favor. Okay, all right. Go on to the next part. Almost done, y'all. Thank y'all for watching and tuning in. We're getting it in today. It's good. God is good. He's moving. He's moving. Thank you, Lord. 15, when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who eat bread in the kingdom of God. That sounds so familiar. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One more time. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, He said to him, "Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God." Now, if you recall, Jesus said, "Poor." Let me go back. Poor, crippled, lame, the blind. He didn't say rich. He didn't say the wealthy. He didn't say the people that didn't have... These are people who have issues, have obstacles, not issues. People who are ill. People who have financial problems. People who are having issues with their body. People who are lame. People who are blind. These are people who are going through. He did not say everyone. Let me say that one more time. In scripture, he literally said, don't ask your brother, sister, people, rich, because they feel like they owe you a favor. And it doesn't give you no spiritual credit to do it. Spiritual act of charity. What do he say? Poor, crippled, lame, blind. Then this guy who's sitting with him at the table says, "Yes, blessed are everyone to eat at the table." He didn't say everyone. He literally said, "Thank you, Lord." Literally said, poor, crippled, lame. He pointed out four pe- four categories that you need to make sure you're reaching out of everybody else. Let me say it again. He pointed out different groups of people that you need to be reaching in this moment. Different people that need to come to the table before you. Different people who are not well off. Different people who are going through. Different people who are struggling. Different people who are having some things happen. That's who he said, everybody. He didn't say everybody. He didn't say everyone. He had a certain group, he said. I just want to point that out in Scripture. Some of us get confused sometimes because we feel the person said that. We're like, oh, that's, no, that's not what Jesus said. That was what somebody who was sitting with him said. <laughs> so Jesus came back. He said, but he said to him, Jesus said to the guy, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many, listen to this deep thing, gave a great banquet and invited many, and at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who he had been invited, come for everything is ready now, but they all alike begin to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. The next one says, please have me excused. And it said, and another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to the master, the person in charge of the feast and the banquet. Then the master of the house became angry. I want you to highlight the word angry in verse 21. Before I go any further, let me explain to you what Jesus said. There was a great feast, and this master had this feast and invited a group of people. He had a list together of certain people he wanted to come in in this instant, he had a list of certain people he wanted to come. He had an idea or a concept of a certain group that needed to show up. And he said, go tell them, servant, the people I invited, that I know should be showing up, the ones that should come, the ones that I want to come, the ones that's on the list, let them know that it's ready right now, we can get this thing started. And the Bible says that when the servant began to go to the people they had excuses. First of all, the first excuse that we see is the man said that he had bought some property. Right? And that he must examine it. Who buys property first without looking at it? We know that was an excuse. Don't nobody say, give me that without looking at it first to see what the value is. and Is it worth it? Remember the scripture I said, make sure you count up the cost so he's going back to say, didn't I just talk to y'all about counting up the cost? Which we'll see multiple times. Who goes and says, I got this land, and now that I've bought it, now i got to look at it and see if it's okay? It's not. Excuse. The second person said, I bought all these oxen, i got to make sure that they work out right. Who buys animals without inspecting them first to make sure they're healthy to work? Excuse. And then lastly, the man said, hey man, I just got married. So instead of him saying, let me take my wife with me, he said, we ain't going. So when a servant came back and said, listen, them people you invited, them people that was supposed to show up, they ain't coming. Everybody had an excuse, and let me tell you what the excuse was. What he's saying is that God has opened the gates of heaven to everybody and before the self-righteous stuff, they were only getting in, but he realized mind and my spirit and I began to talk to her and I sat down and I realized something and I'm about to say is this may hurt your feelings and if it does I pray that God did what you and know I love you but how is it that at one time when we say the doors are open to the church nobody wanted to come that's fine you ain't got to come to my church but I still want you to have God so we gave access to social media. Still nobody wanted to watch. We gave videos and books and tapes and on corners and still nobody wants it. i began begin to realize the truth. If you want God, you're going to get them for yourself. Even right now in the pandemic, no, not all the doors are open, but God is still present. There are different channels. There are different videos. There's a project the Bible, out there. there's all these different ways you can get God, but for some reason, we still making excuses how we don't have enough time, so guess what's gonna happen you are gonna lose your seat at the honor table y'all didn't see that coming back did you you gonna lose your seat to somebody else who God feels is more worthy and humble to have it Because what's going to happen is you're going to have so many excuses about how it's just not time right now. I just ain't settled down yet. And you know, I just want to, it's so funny. And I want to speak on this before I close. Thank you, Lord. To be real for a minute, I remember being a youth. I remember being in my 20s, getting married. And I remember it wasn't easy. Marriage wasn't easy, but we've been together for 10 years now, knowing each other for more than 11 years. And even now, we are in Florida, and how God blessed us. But the point I'm making is I recall, after I got married, and after I began to learn about the Lord, how people were still saying, I'm going to wait till I'm 40 to get Jesus. Now I realize you might not make it to 40 to get to know Jesus. Young people, hear what I'm saying? Stop thinking that you control time. That's not what the Bible says. It says tomorrow's not promised to us. Show me y'all think once you get the best job, once you get the best house, once you get the best car, then you're going to find Jesus. I'm trying to tell you now. Listen, you don't know when your time is coming. Only he knows when your time is coming. And used to be an old saying, time waits for no man. I'm saying this, I'm learning. When you talk about God, you talk about the scriptures, we got to speak in truth. And sometimes you got to be chastised. Sometimes you got to be challenged. I'm telling you right now to hear me loud and clear. Some of y'all are missing the feast because guess what? You're making too many excuses, and you about to lose your ticket at the banquet. Some of y'all feel because of those high positions you have and how much you've been paying, you think that said that is not so. And it says be careful because a day is coming when you think you're so high and mighty that somebody beneath you will then reverse the roles and sit in the seat that you're in because you need to be humble. You need to make sure you're honoring people not blocking people. You need to make sure they're not sitting in the back but they're sitting in the front. You need to make sure you're going out into the streets and looking for the blind and the lame and the crippled and going out to the Gentiles which were the people that they felt were beneath them who would not get into heaven. Who the ones they spoke against the ones they spit on, the ones they fought, the one they tried to kill and hurt, the one they felt they were beneath them in stature. Go find them and invite them to your church. Go find them and tell them about God. It says you have to go invite them. The master had to change the invite to people who wanted it more pastor what are we going to do during the pandemic pastor what are we going to do listen to what God is saying go out there the best you can safely and wisely and reach the people that nobody else wants to reach you because your reward is in heaven. Stop trying to reach people you know that can repay you. Go reach people that you know for a fact that can't repay you because you're not looking for the repayment. You're looking for them to see God. That's what the Lord is saying this morning in the parable for both of them. Be humble. Be hospitable. Let somebody else sit in on a seat while you sit down in the most lesser seat. If not, he's going to switch up the rows and put this person in that seat and you down here. And after that, he said, what you need to do is make sure you don't bite in people who you think are going to pay you back to get charity from it because it's not a good spiritual act, but go out to the people who are crippled, the lame, the blind, and the people who are ill. That's who you invite. And he corrected the man and said, "Blessed, everybody come to the table to let them know. I didn't say everybody come to the table. I said the blind, the lame, the sick, the crippled. Then he gives them another example as I close about how even then when you think you want to invite these people that you feel have the best invite, they're going to give you excuses. When you realize excuses happen, don't sit there and wait for them. Go on and give it to somebody else who wants it to the streets and the lanes and the places and begin to talk to the ill and the lame and the blind and the crippled and bring them in to let them know that they have the option. The Gentiles have the option. The people that you feel don't have the option to the kingdom of heaven. The Bible said it, and the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done. And still, there is room. The title of my message was, There is Still Room. This is the main point, one of the main points all along. That after you give the invitation and they make excuses, and after you go out to the streets, and to the lame, and the blind, and the sick, and you go to all these places, guess what God says? there's still room for more. He has more than enough seats at his table in heaven. My God! He has more than enough seats. So guess what that means, y'all? We got a whole bunch of inviting to do. You might as well whip out your invite cards, get your pen, and get your calligraphy up. Because you gotta go send out some invitations. But you know what? I challenge you. Instead of doing written invitations, how about you do a personal invitation? How about you go up to that basketball court, you go through that bowling alley, you go to the school. You go to the place that's open right now. As people are going to restaurants and people are going to the beaches, how about you give a personal invitation of God at that beach? How about you give a personal invitation of God at that restaurant? How about we start doing like the scripture said and looking for those people who have not got an invite yet to the table? Because what Pastor Mark wants or Remedy Church want, we want you to sit in that honor seat while I sit in this seat. still there is room. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel the people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste the banquet. This is a harsh thing that just happened. Jesus has told them in this parable that the master, the owner of the event, told them, I want you to keep going out there and inviting people until my house is filled up. But I tell you what, those people I invite the first time, but I tell you, none of those men who are invited shall taste the banquet. None of those people on the first list, they had all those excuses, they're not going to taste it. They missed their shot. I don't want you to miss your shot to taste the banquet. Ooh, that's another sermon. Thank you. I don't want you to miss your shot to taste the banquet. I want you to know there's still room at the table. I want you to be humble now, and I want you to honor people in the honesty. I want you to go out, as he said, and this is something that I've been challenged to do, and I've been blessed to understand it. We have to compel people, compel them. Look at the definition of compel, and I want you to start using that. Because the scripture said itself, that we ourselves had to compel people to come in. Not by force of violence, but by earnest persuasion. That's what that meant in that scripture. Not by force of violence, but by earnest. Honest, earnest, real persuasion. I'm not gonna beat you to come to the house of God. I'm not gonna yell at you to come to the house of God. I'm not gonna trick you to come to the house of God. But I will compel you by telling you the truth. I will compel you by showing you scripture. I will compel you by speaking into your life. I will compel you by sharing my testimony. I will compel you by keeping 100 and real. I will compel you by telling you about your marriage. I will compel you by keeping it in a sense where well, I honor you and be upfront front with you. I will compare you by letting you know we love you. I will compare you by continually letting you know. And maybe not today, maybe not next week, but I pray real soon that the hand of God will reveal himself to you. And you will stop thinking that's the universe. You will stop thinking that's some other magical force that does not exist, but only that it is God who stands before you who has sent the Holy Spirit being the agent to be on his behalf. And that your brother Jesus died on the cross and experienced some things just to make sure that your generations and generations before you and after you will have access to the kingdom of heaven. Alright, y'all. That's it. That was the message. Thank y'all for being patient. I've seen that I have gone over usually my time. God is good. I did it. But I'm being serious right now. I want to thank y'all from the bottom of my heart for listening to this message. I want you to know that Remedy Church is going to be a remedy to the community and to people. Online, in person. And I thank y'all for praying for us. And if you have any suggestions, please follow the website, Facebook us, Messenger us, email us.